Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy, Q. Here we are back. Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920, kicking off hour number two of the show. And to help us do that, our good friend Mike Sando from The Athletic joins us. And, Mike, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. I was checking out your piece that you put out in The Athletic about all 32 teams and their draft classes and having execs talk about the draft classes, which is way different than having you and me and Damon and other cats talking about it. These are execs that really kind of know what they're looking for. So uh, how much did you learn in this process just about what these different execs were looking for as far as you know, draft classes and, and these prospects as the, they were going into draft weekend? Well, definitely got some alternative views you know, on a team like Baltimore. I think they're always, you, know, you could be pretty rubber stamp them with an A-plus in the draft, and they, they win 80% of their games most years, and we move on. But there was a little bit of concern uh, with them, a little bit of kind of not as positive as the media uh, has been on them in terms of maybe taking some risks from a measurable standpoint, uh, uh, with their two first-round picks and Kyle Hamilton, the safety, and, and um, the, the center, Linderbaum, that they took a little bit later in the round. So that was one thing. I think, uh, you know, the, the interesting part about the Raiders was just not so mu- as much about their draft because obviously they didn't have um, the first-round pick, but just a feeling of there's a plan in Oakland that's being implemented and executed that I think people maybe feel a little bit better about them and just where they're at than maybe they did when there was uncertainty at the end of the season for reasons that, I mean, it's not really directly related to the draft, but it's just kind of the overall vibe and the moves they've made. Right, no doubt, and I think that there's a lot of stability right now going on with the Raiders, and at least it feels like, you know, from a football side of things that the new regime is really bringing that stability. Again, we're talking with Mike Sando from The Athletic. So as far as the team and, and the way that they started to, to put things together, how important do you think it was, and what did the exec say as far as how important it was to bring in and sign a guy like Max Crosby, give him a, a contract extension, get Carr taken care of, and kind of send a message to the locker room that we will take care of our homegrown guys as long as they go out there and do what they have to to do yeah that last part i think is critically important because you saw the gap between that and not doing the fifth year options on the three first round players of from from gruden who you know josh jacobs has been a, a pretty good player but mm-hmm. i think that they drew a line there and said look uh these two guys here have really done it at such a high level we're going to take care of them and certainly a quarterback it's a double stability thing because everyone's been looking at that for three four years anyway right what's going to happen with car there's an acknowledgement that cars played well and he's handled himself well uh through a difficult season last year so i think there's, the locker room pays attention to who you pay who you don't pay who you sign right the the Devonte adams trade sends its own signal uh that hey we're we're not giving anything away in this division everyone's talking about denver and obviously kansas city's earned it and everyone's talking about the chargers but uh remember what team it was that was taken cincinnati to the wire right it wasn't right. those teams yeah, absolutely. Was there any conversation about Josh McDaniels, the head coach, after you know his first head coaching job in Denver obviously didn't go the way that he wanted it to, but it's been a long time in between then and now? Yeah, you know, not so much yet because we need to see what right. it's going to be like when, you know, what does the offense look like? How does he handle the defense? How does he handle the team? How do people respond to him? Uh, obviously, there was, even though it was on an interim basis, the previous coach was popular with the players. So I think all of that still has to be proved, but we haven't really seen anything uh, with McDaniels that's been concerning. 
to this point or, you know, some something he's done or said that wasn't handled properly. There hasn't been much to go on, but I think he'll be th- – that's a full-year scrutiny, really, um, based on not only what happened in Denver, but it wasn't – it was a weird situation with the Colts when he kind of took the job and then didn't take it. So he has to still prove, I think, um, all of those things. But the first move, I think, is he – he has tied himself to Carr a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that makes it be that, – that brings some of the stability you're talking about that I think affects him uh, too, not just Carr. You know, one of the things that I noticed in your piece that stood out to me, and I've kind of been saying it for a long time, so it, it was refreshing to actually see it written, was uh, there's, there's no scholarship guys anymore. You know, and so I thought that that was big, that now you have to literally go out there and earn your job. And that goes back to, you know, the fifth year options. That goes back to who to pay, who not to pay. That was refreshing to to read. No more scholarship guys. Absolutely. And some of that, you know, previously, the handling of players with Gruden was a little haphazard at times. I mean, you come in and don't pay Khalil Mack, right? I mean, even though he, right? So I think there's been a little bit more of a, I don't know, logical approach to, uh, yeah, you know what? Max Crosby's good. We're going to pay him. Right. <laughs> uh, Derek Carr's played well. We're not going to make this be a weird deal. You know, let's, mm-hmm. let's play with him. Who else do you guys want? Right, exactly. No, no doubt about it. That's something that we've been saying quite a bit here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Again, we're talking with Mike Sando from The Athletic. Uh, how about the rest of the division? I mean, this is going to be one of the toughest divisions in football. Kansas City got rid of Tyreek Hill, but they have tons of draft capital, and they went after a ton of defensive guys. What were the uh, exact thoughts on, on what Kansas City was able to do? You know, I think really positive. I think we've seen them, you know, you know really address problems in a – all-out manner. Remember when they fixed their offensive line, it wasn't just one or two things. They did like the whole line right. uh, last year. And this year was defense. Seven draft picks on defense was most in the league. Five DBs picked was most in the league. Uh, and, you know, who knows, maybe they're in on uh, Bradbury, right, the corner from the Giants who's been cut. So we'll, we'll see. But I think big emphasis on defense with the knowledge. You still have Patrick Mahomes so, and Andy Reid, so you're still going to be probably pretty good and be able to figure out some of the way the offense needs to be reconfigured without um, Tyree Kill. I think they, people still put the, the Chiefs number one, but it doesn't feel like they're lapping the field. It feels right. like it really feels like there's four teams that should finish in the top three in this division. And when I was thinking about this recently, I was like, you know, I think people have kind of anointed Denver a little bit with Russell Wilson coming in there, but I'm a little bit not so fast. Um, I think I want to see it in the first year. It's a first time head coach. Uh, Wilson didn't play as well the last year and a half. If you just go weapons for weapons, I mean, the Raiders might be better, right? Right. Than, than the Broncos. So I think that, that race for, if, even if we assume Kansas City w- wins the division, what's the race look like after that? I don't think it's a given at all. I think the Raiders are right in the mix. I think Denver may be, uh, just getting a little bit more attention because of the change of quarterback. And the Raiders may be a little under the radar for the team that, by the way, went to the playoffs. And, <laughs> And, and, you know, has acquired Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones, but it hasn't been as probably talked about as much. Yeah, Mike, you mentioned in the piece that the Raiders and the Bills are the only two teams that have a quarterback and wide receiver that are in the top five when it comes to contracts at their position. And that teams that take, that leaves a little bit less money from them spending at other positions. So are there some positions in the draft that execs think that if you can hit on this in the draft, that it's good to not pay a free agent at that same position? I know running back aside, because we yeah. always hear about it from running back. But <laughs> are there some other positions that execs are like, hey, it'd be better to hit on this position in the draft rather than pay a free agent? 
Yeah, I think you, I think the premium positions will, will, you know, usually be a corner or usually be a pass rusher, uh, sometimes an offensive tackle. But I don't think there's any one way. You, you, number one, you can't always control who your best players are, and you can't always control who's available in free agency. Clearly, the running back thing um, is real because they drafted one and they didn't do the fifth-year option on Jacobs. So that's going to probably be a New England model with some cheaper guys. But I think the rest of it really is on a case-by-case basis. But I do like the fact that it's kind of interesting, isn't it? We mentioned Buffalo in that boat. Buffalo and the Raiders, what did they get in free agency? They got pass rushers who can get 15 sacks at their best, right? Von Miller and Chandler Jones. So that's where you want to put your money when you can get a premium player as opposed to, obviously, you know, one of those lesser uh, positions you're not going to pay a, uh, an inside linebacker, right? Or you're not going to you, – some teams may pay a safety, but you know, a lot of times those inside positions, where it's a guard or a center, we put running back in there too, you're not going to pay as much. Talking right now with Mike Sando from The Athletic, talking about uh, all the draft classes for the 32 teams. He put out a piece on The Athletic, great, great stuff. And I want to ask you about the Chargers because they did draft a guy that I'm very familiar with in J.T. Woods, the safety out of Baylor, and I think he's a heck of a player. Uh, they got him in a lower round, but I think he's going to really show some things. So what, what was the overall yeah. consensus about the Chargers and what they've been able to do, not only in free agency, but most importantly in their draft class? Yeah, very positive on Woods. There was a feeling there were some really good safeties in this draft. Woods, uh, Cincinnati got one. The, the Vikings got one. So uh, that one has been received uh, really well. You know, I think the Cole Mack one it has been received better maybe with media and just looks better on paper than it has been in the league because of his uh, age and then the injury situation. He had, He's had a foot issue. So I think we've probably seen the best of him, and if he stays healthy – uh, you get something out of them. But how many times have we said that to the Chargers? When you sign right. players that are older and have injury problems, they don't get younger, right? We know that for sure. Nobody gets younger. And then the injury problems don't tend to necessarily go away, especially as you get older. So I think that's one to really watch with, with them. Are they going to be a team, oh, man, if they just could have had Khalil Mack healthy, and, and here we are saying in, in May that that's a risk, that's a risk they're taking. Right. No, that's that's facts. I mean, like you mentioned, guys do not get healthier the older they get. I mean, if they got injury yeah. history, they're going to have injury history. Well, uh, Mike, that was fantastic stuff. It was funny when I was reading that about Baltimore. I'm always a guy that's always complimenting Baltimore and saying how yeah. well they do in the draft. And then I was reading it, and I was like, well, there you go. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> yeah, a couple things to talk about this year for them. Right, exactly. So they had a lot of draft picks, that's for sure, but they usually do a really good job. But there were some uh, some questionable ones. So uh, great stuff. Stuff. That was a fantastic piece like you always put out on The Athletic. You got anything else coming out that we need to be on the lookout for? Uh, let's see. You know, I'll start working on my quarterback stuff for later this summer, but I don't have an immediate one this week. Well, we always look forward to the quarterback one. It's always interesting. We always love to see where D.C. is going to be at and where the rest of the quarterbacks, especially this year in the AFC West, are going to be at. Well, Mike, thank you so much for your time. I always appreciate you. Hopefully you had a great weekend and uh, have a great week. Great. Thank you. All right, there he goes. Mike Sando from The Athletic does a fantastic job. You find him on Twitter at SandoNFL and here with us on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. 314 is the time. We'll come back. We'll hear from you. And i got to pass along the news about a certain cornerback for the Raiders that has taken all the Raiders stuff off his IG and his Twitter account. Yep, some scrubbing's gone on. We'll tell you about who it is. We'll talk about it next. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time! 
Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. 3.30. We have Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 Sports. We'll be talking about Josh Jacobs and his camp that he had over the weekend. Talk about the LV Aces. Talk about the Indoor Football League. She was in attendance as I was, was as well as they announced that the championship game was going to be played at the Dollar Loan Center for the next three seasons starting this year. I wanted to get to some of the sound from that, like Governor Sisolak. When he's at an event, it's kind of a big deal. Chuck, owner, president of the DLC, wanted to get to his sound. Also, uh, the commissioner, Commissioner Todd, wanted to get to his sound as well. But if you look at the clock, you see we don't have a whole lot of time, so we're going to try to work as much in as possible. I know we have a very patient gangster waiter, gangster raider waiting for us on the on the phone line. So let's go ahead and get to him at seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Gangster, gangster, what's on your mind? Hey, what's happening? I'm feeling good. I just want to say. I'm all for adding Bradbury because you know we need um, corners and DBs. Mm. And um, whoever the DB is, the um, scrub day Raider stuff off their um, Instagram, if you don't want to be a Raider, then walk the plank, punk, because we don't want you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But um, I think adding Bradbury and also adding that linebacker that we added today was also a good move. Yeah. And also um, what I um, was going to say about the um, – what was the last thing you brought up? I was going to – oh, the um, – I want to um, disagree with the um, the lawyer that you had on, and I think the reason Mark Davis made the point to show that old boy was still interim because I know in California, and I, I think it's pretty much the same in Nevada, that if you're interim, you're pretty much still at will or on probation, and you could be let go at any reason if you're an interim employee. You know what I'm saying? I think that's why Mark Davis was making it a point to be like, but he's still interim. He never was made the official president, you know, and in, right. in interim, I don't have a, have a reason. You can be just pretty much at will an appointment, you know, until you offer the job or given a contract for that job. You see what I'm saying? So yeah, I think that's, that's why it, it wasn't Mark Davis just being petty. You know, he's a very savage businessman. Look at everything he's done. He knows what he's doing. That's why people need to put respect on his name because he doesn't do everything he does is for a reason. And that's why I think the reason is because he, he needs he needs to show that he's still an interim employee and he can let him go for any reason. You know, so he doesn't have to have yeah. cause, justification or anything because he's an interim employee. That's all I wanted to say. You know what I'm saying? Good looking out, y'all. Keep it gangster. I'm gone. Hey, great call, my man. And I think you bring up a great point when it comes to the interim title, and, and you're absolutely spot on about that. Uh, that's good stuff. And I agree with you 100%. Mark Davis is no dummy. At all. You know, people try to goof on him and talk bad about him, but he ain't where he's been for no reason. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's a smart dude. He knows what he's doing, and there's reasons just like, uh, you know, Ventrelli put uh, certain words into his statement. Uh, there's reasons why Mark Davis put certain words into his statement. You're absolutely spot on about that. Thank you for that call, man. That was fantastic stuff. Uh, also, when you t- talk about uh, bringing in Bradbury, just was released from the, the Giants, I think it would be a great idea as well. I think that they need to build that depth. Uh, I think that they need as many uh, veterans that can still play, and obviously he showed last season that he can still play in a major way. I think he'd be a perfect fit to be back with Patrick Graham, but it all depends on what Bradbury is going to want, obviously what the Raiders want. You know, do they want to go out and spend the coin to get him and bring him in, and you know, how much are they willing to spend? Uh, I know that they were in play for uh, Stephon Gilmore. It didn't shake out that way, so maybe they're looking at this, this corner. There was one thing I will say about this situation with Bradbury. The Raiders did not go out and get a corner in the draft. And I felt like they did that on purpose. Like, okay, we're not going to focus on that, that area. We're going to go get two running backs, two offensive linemen, two DBs, or two, uh, two, excuse me, two defensive linemen. So, obviously, they have a plan. 
So maybe they're already in the works of, hey, we know that this is going to happen. This guy's going to become available, and we're going to make it happen when he does. So we'll see. But another thing that Gangster Raider mentioned was whoever that corner was that scrubbed his stuff of the Raiders, well, it was Trayvon Mullen. And uh, I don't know. I don't have Instagram. But uh, on the tweet that I saw that, that uh, mentioned that he had scrubbed his uh, IG full of uh, you know any Raider pictures, I don't know because I don't have Instagram. But I do have Twitter, and on his Twitter account now, it doesn't mention the Raiders like I know it used to mention the Raiders. Uh, he does still have a picture of him in a Raider jersey on, the, on his Twitter account. Matter of fact, he has multiple pictures of himself uh, in Raider jerseys so, and referencing the Raiders. So I, I don't know how, how serious it is, but – I guess anyone with an Instagram account could check that, but it looks like he might have. Like I said, I, I know that on his on his header it used to say like defensive back for the Raiders or whatever, and it doesn't say that now. So uh, whatever, it, it's it's not to me. It's not a huge deal. It really isn't. We just kind of know that that's that's what happens, and that's how things go. So he still follows the team on his Instagram account as well. well. There you go. You see, I knew you had the Instagram. So do you, are you seeing pictures or no? Uh no, but I checked his account um last week as well. Mm-hmm. So and there were no uh, team photos. Okay, well there you go. So uh, probably not a big deal, but uh, you know, like I said, it's being put out there right now on Twitter that uh, you know he he's he's no longer follows has... the team and still follows multiple Raider teammates. So oh, it's like then, take it easy. Yeah, then it's not it's not a full uh, full alarm fire yet. No, you know <laughs> how how it's like oh damn it here we go. So that's not that situation. Of course, he did have surgery last week. So good, uh, good investigating there, Damon. I definitely appreciate that. Uh, still coming up in the show. At some point, we're going to find a way to at least get Governor Sisolak onto the show. Uh, also, uh, want to hear from you as well at 702-365-9200. Do you think the Raiders should go out and make a move for James Bradbury uh, and why? And also, you can hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Rob in Oakland had a really good text that I wanted to get to. He said, in the middle of last week, I was pleased with the Raiders organization as a whole. The new GM and head coach seem to be making bold yet prudent moves. I'm disappointed what was happening with Ventrelli and the accusations he's levied. Now, I can't help but thinking that something really sinister happened in Washington and involves Snyder, Allen, Jay Gruden, John Gruden, and other prominent people. Part of me thinks that we're seeing collateral damage from a behind-the-scenes battle to avoid anything major for something despicable. Uh, that's Rob in Oakland. So, uh, really good stuff right there. And uh, Yeah, I don't know where it's going. You know, and that's why we kind of talked about it briefly. Uh, obviously can't talk about it in great detail without having more information. You know, don't want to speculate and say, oh, this is a major fallout from Washington or this is something. I don't want to do that because that's reckless. But, you know, as, as uh, like I said, as I uh, get more information, we'll definitely talk about it. Um, Vegas Pete hit us up and said, uh, I will always love the joke. Tell your friends the data Chargers fan shield. She never expects a ring. Charger fans talk a lot of smack for a team in a city where nobody wants them and are perennial choke artists. That's from uh, Vegas Pete. And then we got a text from the 279. No reason to no reason to not kick the tires on Bradbury. We need more corners on the roster too. Eight isn't enough. And Demond, I love Spartan football because I grew up there. I'm also a 20-year veteran, lived in a ton of places, including Afghanistan and Persian Gulf, and guess neither the Grizz or Titans won squat in any of those places. And Reno's fun, smaller version of Vegas and Tahoe just over the hill, and the Bay Area is close. It's not Vegas, but it's pretty much it's much prettier and has more to offer. That must have been from – was that from Steve? Was that from – Oh, that was uh, – no, I think that's a different number. I think that could have been a uh, Sal. No, that was Raider Steve. That was from Raider Steve. Yeah, okay, good stuff. Thank you, Raider Steve. Appreciate you. 
So there you go. Good stuff. All right, coming up next, we'll get to Paloma Villacana, Fox 5 News, Fox 5 Sports. She t covers everything like a glove. We'll talk some aces. We'll talk some Josh Jacobs. And, well, actually, she talked to Mark Davis last night as well, so we'll talk about that too. All that's coming up next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. There's no big secret to winning football. It's just doing what these guys do every game. Just go out and give it your best. Bottom line, I took a team to a Super Bowl and we won. I even had some guys on that team that nobody wanted. But we were a team, and that's what you guys are. You're a football team. That's kind of like a family, except you get to hit each other. But you have to stick together. Do that, you'll be fine. Thanks, Mr. Rabbit. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Been going fast and furious here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. We need another hour. We need another hour of the show. We're just running out of time. Very excited about our next guest, Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. We join Paloma each and every week, and we definitely appreciate your time. And I feel like I just talked to you. Oh, wait, I did. I just saw you at the DLC at the Dollar Loan Center for the uh, the IFL, found out the championship game will be here in town the next three seasons starting this year. Uh, just off top about that event, how big is that, knowing that another sporting event has a big-time championship game coming here right in our backyard? Yeah, man, it's huge, and I'm I'm at the Dollar Loan Center right now, and it is beautiful. I mean, if you haven't made made it out to a Silver Knights game, uh, a Nighthawks game, you know, tickets are only like ten, twenty dollars. Yep. You know, you can bring your family out here, and it is a state of the art, beautiful facility right in the middle of Henderson by the district, by Whole Foods, you know, right by down the street from you know coffee and you know Target, whatever you want, you can walk over here and. One thing that, you know, Governor Sisolak said that was, you know, so awesome about this event is that, you know, it's it's not on the strip. So you can park over here, you know, tickets will be cheaper. And, hey, it's another major sporting event to cover here in Las Vegas, which I know I'm pumped up about. So I know the community will be pumped up about it, too. Yeah, no, and I'm fired up as well. And, and that was the first time I was in there uh, when I saw you earlier today. It was the first time that I'd ever been inside just with everything that we have going on. But, uh, man, what a beautiful building, right? Jeez, that thing is awesome. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, it's and it doesn't surprise me because it's Las Vegas. You know, right. it doesn't surprise me when you walk into Allegiant Stadium, you walk into T-Mobile, you walk into the Dollar Loan Center, you go to Lifeguard Arena, City National Arena. I mean, Vegas is it. And, you know, it's beautiful. And, at the Aces game last night, I was like, man, Vegas is back. It's rocking. Like, let's go. I'm excited uh, just for us to kind of get through COVID, get through the pandemic, and really start to enjoy the sports scene here in Las Vegas. Yeah, it does feel like it's everything's getting back to normal, and, and that's a, a very welcome sign. Again, we're talking about Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports here on Raider Nation Radio 920. You mentioned the Aces game. They're 2-0 and so far on the young season. Uh, I was talking to DeMond earlier saying, man, they're playing fast. Coach, Coach Hammond has them Ooh. playing at such a rapid pace. What did you think just being there for the first home game of the 2022 season? I mean, that was the most entertaining game I've been to, the home opener, you know, packed crowd you know like 20 Raiders sitting courtside you got the governor sitting courtside Mark Davis I mean it was packed and it was just awesome to see the community come out to Michelob Ultra Arena I mean just dealing with COVID you know they used to play in the they, they played in the bubble I yeah. mean it's been it's been crazy for the Aces it's been crazy but to see Michelob Ultra Arena last night packed and then to see 
the Aces balling like they are right now, that fast pace, that flow they have on offense and defense. Um, you know, Becky Hammond is coming in, guns blazing. I mean, <laughs> it's a different team. It is a different team this year uh, for sure. And I know Seattle's head coach mentioned that in the post game. She said they are faster, they are quicker, they're more efficient, they're tougher, they're chippy uh, than they were last year. You know, they were pounding it in the paint last year. Um, and just, just just a slower tempo team last year. So, uh, no, the Aces are coming out of the gate blazing. So I'm excited for their season, and I know the community is excited to, to head out to their games. And I've been told by the Aces production team that they're planning for more entertainment this year. We saw the Blue Man Group last night perform. Uh, they got the High Rollers performing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the Aces, that's where it's at this summer. I'll be there all summer, man. I'm not mad at you. You do a fantastic job covering everything <laughs> here in the in the area, and it's so tough. And I know I try to be at as much as possible, but it's just not <laughs> it's, it's not enough of me to go around. I just can't get to everything. But uh, that's why we have you as well, because, like I said, you do a fantastic <laughs> job. I'll tell you this, and I've said it before, mm-hmm. uh, the support for the Aces and, and love to see, you know, the Raiders go out there and professionals and, you know, I saw. Uh, Coach Lou was there. Tyron Lou was there last night. I mean, there's so mm-hmm. many from so so far away that come around, and when they're playing, they want to go see it. How cool is that to see that support, not only from the community, but also from celebrities that come into town? Yeah, I mean, growing up in L.A., in San Diego, I went to Sparks games, and let me tell you, the Sparks games weren't nothing like what they have here in Vegas. And as soon as I moved to Vegas and, you know, came out to an Aces game right before the pandemic started, I was like, this is lit. They got a DJ, they got lights, they got crazy entertainment. And, like, at the same time, we are watching a basketball game. But one thing about this Aces team is, like, you don't even have to say, oh, I'm going to a women's basketball game or I'm going to a WNBA game. Man, these athletes, Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young, Asia Wilson – these are the world's best athletes, gold medalists that we're watching, you know, play in front of us. And last night it was, it was popping. It was awesome. Not only was the crowd and the vibe and the entertainment awesome, but the, the athletes, the aces this year, I mean, um, it's awesome to see them, this squad that's been together for a while, you know, Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young, Asia Wilson, Dierica Hamby. It's, it's like they got the squad back and, and they're coming for everyone this year. They want to win it all, man. Well, I'll tell you what, it'd be so great to see them do that, you know, and and just I I love the way that they're playing the pace of play. Again, it's only two games, so it's a small sample size, but if this is what we're in store for this year, man, look out. Yeah, the Aces are going to be exactly that. It's going to be on fire and going to be a lot of fun. Now, you mentioned uh, Mark Davis was there. Uh, I know you talked to him, and, of course, there's a lot going on right now with Mark Davis and the Raiders and everything we found out about, you know, interim president Dan Ventrelli on Friday. Uh, But you talked to Mark Davis, and he hasn't talked to a whole lot of people uh, he seemed calm, cool, and collective and just kind of really chill. And, you, you know, you tweeted out about it. You mentioned something about adversity and just staying with who you are. Uh, what did you learn from Mark Davis when you talked to him last night? Yeah, man, he was in a great mood last night. I mean, obviously it was a, it was a big game, big night, a lot of Raiders players in attendance. He's sitting right next to Governor Sisolak. Um, and Mark Davis was, was smiling, greeting everyone, taking pictures with everyone, talking to, you know, the Aces, the Raiders. You know, he was in the – as he always is. He's always sitting courtside. Right. He's always, you know, got a smile on his face, shaking everyone's hand, taking pictures with everyone. Uh, you know, so I walked over to him and, and Governor Sisolak, 
And I was just, you know, talking about, you know, it's awesome. It's a great game, you know, great atmosphere. So proud of the aces. Um, you know, I, I, I told Mark Davis, you know, hats off to going all out this year and bringing the community out and taking the aces to a new level and building a facility right next door to the Raiders headquarters. Right. You know, it's a lot of great things that Mark Davis is doing for the franchise. And then, you know, I asked him, there's a lot of, a lot going on in the Valley right now. You know, we just wrapped up the draft. We're heading into, you know, the WNBA season. It's like every single week we're getting this crazy announcement of a new event, a new team, a, a championship event. You know, every right. single week there's, there's news about uh, sports, sports news coming into town. So I asked him, you know, with all the noise going around with, with the Raiders and, and everything that happened last week, you know, how are you doing? How are you feeling? How do you keep composed? How do you sit courtside and keep a smile on your face and, and, you know, continue to greet? And he told me, man, Paloma, like, that's just been my life. Like, I've had to learn how to pick myself up. And, you know, I've had to learn that I'm always going to be dealing with something. You know, it's it's kind of been the Raiders franchise that he's always had to deal with something, you know, wins and losses on Sundays, you pick yourself back up and you, you move on. So that was definitely the, the vibe I got from him. He's just picking himself back up and, and moving on and, and just, you know, continuing to, to, to be him and, and sit courtside and be, be in the community and continuing to, to push and work hard for the aces and build them a, a stronger franchise and a new home right next to his facility. So Mark Davis was incredibly nice to, you know, everyone that he greeted to last night, and he seemed calm, cool, and collective. That's how he should be. I mean, really, I mean, that's the only, only thing you really can do uh, when you right. got situations like that going on is continue to be who you are. And if, if he wasn't who he was, then, then there'd be a cause of concern. Like, wait a minute, hold on. What's going on? That right. person's not their normal self. So uh, great observation like that. And I thought it was cool that you had a few minutes to, to talk with him last night at the Aces game. Again, we're talking with Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports here on Raider Nation Radio 920. How about Josh Jacobs? I wasn't able to make it out to his camp on Saturday, <laughs> but you were there uh, again covering mm-hmm. everything. There were so many kids. <laughs> out there and you know Paloma the thing about it is I go to a lot of camps I see a lot of players interact with with the the, the kids and the campers but a, a lot of them aren't as active as what I feel like Josh Jacobs is it feels like to me from what I saw a lot of it was through your Twitter account uh, was that he was so active and you know doing all the drills with the kids and just kind of being that mm-hmm. leader I feel like Josh takes it to another level when he has his camps so I've been working with his PR team his marketing team his agent um, at, at his camp, and he, he did his camp through a, a company called Hard Count Athletics. Mm-hmm. And I, I asked the PR person in, in charge, I was like, you know, you know, do you have any other Raiders? You know, do you have any other, you know, Raiders camps you're doing? And she goes, if, if I, she was like, I'm so picky about who I do camps with because if they're not like Josh Jacobs, I don't want to do a camp with them. Mm. She goes, he talks to every single kid, literally, you know, offers his advice, talks to every single kid, trains with every single kid. There were 300 kids there. <laughs> and Josh was seriously going up to every single one of them, offering advice, you know, running the drills with them, you know, had the microphone in his hand, talking about his story, you know, and answering all their questions and, you know, smiling nonstop. And, like, not once, not once did I see Josh just be like, man, I'm tired, man, like, 
you know, this is fun, but like you know, never, like he's right. just always smiling, always giving back. And that's just who he is. That's who he's been. Um, you know, I think 50 years down the road from now, he's still going to be this dude who's just, you know, so selfless, like always thinking about how can I help uh, the community. And he told me his dream is to build a sports recreational building in his hometown of Tulsa, Oklahoma, so that, you know, local kids in his neighborhood can have a safe place to play sports and, you know, a nice facility to, to play sports, which is something he didn't have growing up. That's awesome. It really is. And, and I've always respected Josh for that. I mean, I always respected him for what he does on the field. But I think what he does off the field is almost like a more powerful even testament to just who he is, his character, and, and the fact that he wants to give back to the community. I think that's major, Paloma. Yeah, I mean, the, the camp, the, the girl in charge of the camp was like, if they're not like Josh Jacobs, I don't want to do a camp with them. So <laughs> she was just, yeah, hats off to Josh, man. He's, he's doing great things. He's always, he's always, as soon as he moved to Las Vegas, you know, he's always been trying to put on, on stuff for, for the community. And then when, when COVID hit, I know the readers were bummed out because as soon as they moved to Las Vegas, it's like, man, we can't do anything with y'all until, until right. we figure it out. So I think right now, this summer, we're going to start seeing a lot of readers out and about at schools, at practice, mm-hmm. at, you know, just, just saying hi and, uh, it's it's going to be awesome. Yeah, early on, on Saturday, early in the day, a little bit uh, before I did my radio show, I uh, had an opportunity to catch up with Nate Hobbs and his mom. They were doing an event, uh, you know, for a safe house. So I thought that that was cool as well. Oh, cool. You know, that's, yeah, yeah, honoring, you know, taking care of the, the ladies that have been victims of domestic violence. So I thought that that was pretty yeah. big. But you're right. You know, with everything starting to get back to normal, I think we're going to see a lot more of the Raiders in the community and a lot more athletes in the area mm-hmm. in the community as well. And that's really big. So uh, what you got coming up next? What's what's next for Paloma? You're oh, all over the place. Man. You're still at the DLC. <laughs> what's up next? Yeah, so um, I have some I have some fun stories I'm working on uh, this summer. Some local stories uh, with some local athletes that are kind of out of the box. You know, something okay. you might not see every day. So stay tuned. Uh, you know me. I'm all about trying to get out in the community and find stories that you know, are, are just so inspiring and, you know, something we don't know about, you know. Um, I feel like, for me, it's more than the highlights. It's more than the game. It's more than, uh, you know, the X's and O's. So right. I'm always trying to find the nuggets in our community and, and put, put them out in their light. Because, I mean, you, Q, you know, we, we all have an incredible story to share. So if I can be that person that shares your story, man, just let me know. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're doing a fantastic job, and, and that's what it's really all about. Like, we can all report on the X's and O's, but you're right. Finding the little nuggets and the extra stories, digging a little bit deeper is where you really where you really thrive, and so you do a fantastic job of that. So keep that up, and uh, we definitely appreciate you as always. Thanks, Q, and stop following me around. You know, I see you at all these events. Like, I know. Hey, Shadow. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's Q gonna be. They're gonna Shadow. start. It's gonna start being a rumor. You know, everywhere you're at, I'm at. So there you go. <laughs> uh, so fine. I'll see you soon, dude. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate you. There she goes, Paloma Villacana, and that's real. They're going to start making rumors. Soon as she walks in somewhere, I'm either there, or when I walk in, she's already there. It's like, man, what is going on here? But uh, she does a fantastic job, one of the best in the business around the area of covering everything, doing the best job she can to cover all the sports, and we have so much going on. 3.46 is the time. We're going to come back. We're going to close out the show. I do believe we'll hear either from Governor Sisolak or Chuck. One of the two we'll hear from. Uh, I got that audio earlier today at the DLC, so we'll close out the show with them. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. 
Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bill Romanowski, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. Boom. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. So earlier today, I was at the DLCS Dollar Loan Center. The IFL announced that they have a three-year partnership to bring the championship to Henderson, uh, and it's going to be fantastic. It's going to start this year in August. So uh, we got to talk to multiple guys. Governor Sisolak, we won't have time for him. We also talked to Commissioner Todd. We won't have time for him. But we got to talk to Chuck. Chuck is the owner. He's the president of the DLCS, the Dollar Loan Center. You hear him on our airways all the time with the commercials for the Dollar Loan Center. And I got a few minutes to talk to him, and he was really the driving force about getting this game played here at the DLC here in Henderson. And so uh, let's go ahead and give Chuck a little bit of love. Actually, it's funny. We just talked to Paloma Villacana. She actually starts things off. It was a little group session when we were talking to Chuck. So here's that conversation. Um, an exciting day. I mean, a, a historic day. Did you envision the Dollar Loan Center hosting events like this? Honestly, I didn't think we'd be hosting something this big, but yeah. I was integral in putting this together. I grew up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and the league commissioner happens to be from Sioux Falls. He actually used to be a player and then a coach and an owner, and now he's the commissioner of the entire indoor football league. So I was able to call and twist a couple arms to get this pulled off. Once we got the Vegas Nighthawks signed to this venue, and we built this event, this venue for hockey, but the second home is for indoor football, and that's exactly what it's lined up for. And I started lobbying immediately to get the, the Super Bowl, so to speak, which is the national championship of the indoor football league right here. Because for 14 years, this game has traveled to whatever team is in first place. So it's tough for some of these, and everybody wants to come to Vegas. Everybody wants to come to Henderson, and we have this incredible new building for them to come to. So not only did we get the game this year on August 13th, but we signed a three-year deal with the IFL. So the championship game is going to be right here at Dollar Loan Center the next three years. And believe me, I'm pushing for many more years than three. I want it here forever, and that's why we built this place. But the excitement of indoor football is awesome, but to have... No matter, it might not be the Nighthawks playing. It might be Seattle playing Green Bay. But it's going to be here in Vegas, here in Henderson. And the excitement is going to be crazy. The halftime show is going to be crazy. This is going to be the most legit, cool indoor sporting event ever. And we can't wait. How have you seen the Dollar Loan Center just already change the community, change the environment here in Las Vegas? Besides the fact that everybody's calling me looking for tickets to events because they think I own the place, the city owns it. It's just my name on it. Uh, no, it, it, it's great. When they approached us to do this in the first place, we couldn't wait to get involved. But once it got open and we were able to get in our suite and bring our staff and our fans and and our customers and put the community in here who can walk to this venue instead of driving to the Strip and having to park somewhere. Nothing against the Strip, by the way. We love T-Mobile uh, but and Allegiant. I'm a big Raiders fan. But this, it's in the middle of a neighborhood in Henderson. It's easy to get in and out of. It's just wonderful. And the fans are loving it. The hockey team's loving it. The football team's loving it. And we couldn't be happier. Was it even a hard sell for you to say, like, let's bring the event here? Or was it more like people are jumping at the opportunity to bring it here? Well, the league has wanted to move this to a neutral site forever. But where do you move it? It's all over the country. So do you move it to the East Coast, the West Coast, the South? Vegas is perfectly positioned for this. Personally, I think the NFL should have the Super Bowl every year. It's what Vegas is about, right? We can bet on the game. We can have fun. We can go to a show. It should be here. 
And they listen. They listen loud and clear. And here we are. We're here for three years. And starting this year, it isn't something that's starting a long time from now, like the race, which we all can't wait for. This is great. This is coming up in, in three months. Do you think teams and fans want to win a championship as much as they want to come to Vegas? Which, which wins out there? Boy, that's a really good question. <laughs> I think, honestly, it's going to bring these teams that were on the bubble. Let's say that Arizona is playing Green Bay. They really don't want to go to Green Bay for the championship, but now those Arizona fans for sure are going to come to Vegas. It gives them an excuse, just like every wonderful conference we have here in, in convention in Vegas. Ah, honey, I got to go to Vegas, you know, to the convention. So I, I think you're right on the They're going to want to come to Vegas and to see their team. Perfect. Well, what's the biggest advantage to having it in a neutral site? Well, the NFL said it since day one. Just the first few years the NFL had this game in in the winning you know teams arena and it has to be at a neutral site it should be that way for everybody it makes it fun fair challenging and something to grow towards and for us as a venue this really puts pressure on on coach davis and the team step it up we got a three-year deal we got three years to get the nighthawks in our home they did it in tampa they did it for the rams right yeah let's get the nighthawks here you'll be here I'll be here. I'm always here. I don't even leave. <laughs> How big and important was it for you to be a part of the sports community growing here and, and being an integral part in it and helping get this arena here and everything? It, it was essential. We would not have got into this venue deal, and we've been asked on several venue deals. Dollar Loan Center's been around for 25 years, so we get hit up for sponsorships all the time. When when Kerry approached this uh, venue to me and, and Bill Foley and said it's really going to be sports oriented and we're going to have the hockey, the football, the basketball, so many great events here. It, it was a, it was a no-brainer for us. We were in. It was, it was an easy sell, so to speak. And to be able to have all families come out and enjoy because down in the strip, as you mentioned, it's usually an adult's kind of a playground, but be able to come to an event like this, the whole family can come out to it. Not only is it an adult's playground, it's expensive. Right. And look, I'm at every night's game. I love it. I'm yeah. at every Raiders game. I love it. But I can afford to go. It's a thousand bucks for a family of four to go to these games. Right. Here, you can come, and for a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars, all your family can come, and you can get a hot dog and a coke. <laughs> so this this is for families. It's in the neighborhood. Right. It's so cool to see so many people walking to this venue. I can't express that enough. Mm-hmm. When I pull up and drive from across town, and we see every street has families walking up to this, it warms my heart to know that. We did exactly what we were going to do here. And the city should be proud of this. Henderson owns this arena. Right. And, and, and it's for Henderson. It's for those, those folks who live here. I'll say this. It is really convenient to be able to walk to the Dollar Loan Center. I mean, you can go over and park in the district and then just walk across the street and uh, be able to do that and go and enjoy some games. And as I mentioned before, I haven't been able to actually enjoy games there yet. Uh, the wife and daughter were able to go out there and see a, a, a Henderson Silver Knights game, uh, thanks to my guy Jason and, uh, and Demi and all and, and that family. Uh, they do a great job of uh, hooking me up and taking care of me, so I definitely appreciate them. But uh, it's, it's a fantastic venue, and knowing that the IFL is going to be there and have their championship game there and you can go out there and enjoy your afternoon and uh, it's nice and air conditioned so hey summer's coming up <laughs> you want to stay uh, nice and cool that's a great place to be uh, but yeah many thanks to Chuck for giving me a few minutes and giving us a few minutes there tomorrow you'll hear from Governor Sisolak and also Commissioner Todd will be part of the show we'll have uh, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas be part of the show we'll also have John McClain from the Houston Chronicle be a part of the show as well
locked and loaded. I'll be back in the home studio tomorrow. Devon, great job you've done uh, navigating through the waters there in the home studio, the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Vinny Bonsignor is coming up next, 4 to 6 p.m. I actually spent some time with Vinny and his family yesterday, so he'll tell you all the adventures about that, and we'll do it uh, coming up next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Well, holler.